Ladies and gentlemen, friends, Romans, countrymen, welcome to a very special episode of Minor Bows. We're back after a long, meaningless silence that was not caused by any one thing. And uh, it's uh, the end of that silence owes uh, nothing more than this, the arbitrary timing of this being Oscar week. And for no particular reason whatsoever, uh, I, I the, the Oscars were special enough to make me podcast again. So you're all welcome. You're all extremely, extraordinarily welcome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like there's a, there have been just so many just dumb narratives leading up to this year's Oscars. As usual, many of the best movies of the year not even mentioned once in any of the nominations. But, you know, this is not the first time that's happened. Won't be the last. It's almost a tradition at this point. I mean, from a certain perspective, it's all been downhill since they gave Sunrise the first one. Uh, But, you know, in spite of it all, we keep coming back every year. And, uh, and, and in spite of an unusual amount of bullshit about the, the broadcast this year and, you know, uh, the, the host or lack thereof, the dumb format changes. And it looks like at this point, um, all of that is, has settled down and there's going to be a, a broadcast that other than being hostless is going to be, you know, fairly just, you know. Bunch of famous people handing out awards. Bunch of uh, famous and not so famous people getting them, uh, and hopefully there'll be some nice dresses. Hopefully, be there's some memorable speeches, and hopefully we'll get to see some very beautiful people uh, zonked out of their mind on either fun drugs or, uh, you know, serotonin inhibitors or whatever the fuck it is they take and uh, acting very strange and alien because you know that's really what this is it's a celebration of an exotic other uh because i mean it isn't a meritorious uh uh ceremony for you know the the best in cinema um so i mean if it's going to not be that it might as well have some appeal and you know it does it's force a habit but i mean it's also like i am a being of free will i could you know, not watch, and yet I do. So there's a limit to the amount that you know any of my you know bitching about them uh, has any credibility whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I mean I don't really have anything original to add, but that with that out of the way, it's time for the uh, a, a substantive reckoning with what is going to win or not win. Um, and, uh, changing things up a little bit this year, this year I have, uh, the odds from goldderby.com, uh, which has the, the, uh, the, uh, the odds determined, uh, by, I don't know, Vegas, uh, some trickster god beneath the Nevada desert, um, uh, the odds of what is most likely to win. And, uh, because they're never, you know, just straight chalk, you know, it's like they never get it all a hundred percent exactly right. Cause this is about probability, not, uh, definite outcomes. 
which uh, followers of, uh, you know, electoral politics are certainly familiar with the divide between those two things. So what I'm going to do uh, when I have anything uh, to contribute uh, and whenever I differ uh, from the predicted outcome, I will chime in. Um, so without any further ado, uh, let us get to the uh, Oscar nominations. And the first category is Best Live Action Short. This is a category about which I know absolutely nothing. Um, the uh, most likely winners are uh, something called Marguerite with 17 to 5 odds, which is slightly better than 3 to 1. Um, and uh, the next most likely is something called Skin with odds of just under 4 to 1. And then detainment at four to one, fove at nine to two or four and a half to one, and mother at the same nine to two or four and a half to one. So, uh, not knowing anything about any of those films, I am going to take uh, Vegas at its word um, because you know you absolutely can trust somebody whose entire uh, raison d'être is taking your money. Uh, so, best documentary short. Um, we have uh, two favorites, which are pretty much neck and neck at approximately three to one, which are Black Sheep and Period End of Sentence. Um, both, uh, well, actually, yeah, Black Sheep is at about three and a half to one, and uh, Period End of Sentence is about 3.7 to one. So it's toss-up in the best documentary short category. It is an absolute horse race. Uh, it will be a white-knuckle finish. Um, and the, the winner of this race will almost certainly be a memorable victor. Uh, best animated short. We have uh, Bow at 3.10 to 1, which is a favorite over weekends at 4 to 1. Animal behavior at 9 to 2 or 4.5 to 1 one small step at nine to two and late afternoon at nine to two. Um, so it appears that bow is most likely by a considerable enough margin to call it a favorite, but not enough to call it a runaway. And once again, for the third category in a row, I know nothing about any of these films. Uh, and so I cannot offer anything useful on any of them. Uh, so, before we let that become a trend uh, that wastes everybody's time, uh, we, we come to a category where I actually do know something. Um, and it is Best Foreign Language Film, which has always been a funny category to me uh, at the Oscars because in any given year, just by strict, you know, since we're talking about odds, uh, just by the strict probability of the volume of cinema produced around the world and there being so many more movies in so many other countries that aren't America and that aren't in the English language, uh, the likelihood that, you know, there's going to be, you know, good stuff in a foreign language is pretty high, just by numbers. And yet every year at the Oscars, we have the one category. It's like, these are the only five notable films produced outside the United States of America this year. You know, and the ones that they pick are always so strange. <clears throat> like, I mean, in any given year, there's like, you know, I mean, you're lucky if two of the films are just anything you've ever heard of before and are, are they any good at all. 
and, and you know and there's so many things that are so great that are like not eligible due to some like bullshit due to some like political fucking thing or whatever that's like th this year uh we've got a, a fairly decent uh fairly decent crop of films um i have uh, seen two of them uh and i've heard of the other three sort uh i, I think of yeah um so anyway the odds are uh roma alfonso Cuarón's uh film which you can watch on netflix anytime you want is at uh 31 to 10 which is a you know a hair over three to one uh, it's win and then uh cold war uh pavel pavlikowski's uh film is at 39 to 10 or just under four to one and uh shoplifters the uh palm door winner uh this year and a very good movie um, is at nine to two, and then uh, never look away, which uh, should probably have this in front of me, but I don't because pfft, you know. Uh, but I think it's a uh, Florian Henkel von Donnersmark's uh, new movie, and it's his first one since uh, the terrible uh, Johnny Depp Angelina Jolie thing that like every single famous screenwriter in Hollywood was credited with the script, and yet it still blew. Um, it was almost ten years ago, making a sterling comeback. And that is at nine to two, the same odds as Shoplifters, and then Capernaum, which I heard—I don't remember who it was the other day—was talking about how it was really bad. Um, that's again just you know one opinion among many, but that was the one that stuck, and it is at nine to two as well. This category, I uh, gonna you know the odds aside, I don't see any other movie winning this than Roma this year and uh the only scenario under which i can see roma not winning it is if it uh is like the runaway uh best picture winner and everybody who votes for it for best picture is like well i can't double up and so if that happens if roma wins best picture uh the odds of say cold war winning uh increase slightly perhaps if that is indeed the mindset that those people take voting for because there's also the possibility that they'll be like well if it's the best movie of course it's the best foreign language movie because how could it not be if it's how could it not be the best foreign if it's the best overall so that is also likely and uh regard you know whether or not that ends up being the case I'm going to go ahead and say that you could pretty much, like, you know, this will be the first speech that, uh, or, uh, that Alfonso Cuaron's giving out on the evening. Uh, because, I mean, you know, I personally am not, like, you know, I, I was, I was very, I, I was profoundly unmoved by the movie personally, but, um, I'm not the sort of person who conflates that with an objective judgment on the film because a lot of other people found it incredibly moving and it is regardless of my emotional reaction to it i can recognize that it is a uh it's it's a you know, real technical achievement um i think it's it's one of uh it, it's it's one of uh, like i mean it's 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 an achievement in production design that's should be in a fucking museum um so and and just that at the very least you know makes it notable but 
not going to babble too much. Other people have uh, different opinions than mine. That's how the world works. Uh, and I think that that is going to lead to Roma winning best foreign language film. There you go. Actual input. Yay. All right. So then um, next category, uh, which I have slightly less voluminous commentary on, but I do have some nonetheless. Best documentary feature. I have seen one out of these five movies, and it is not the one that's going to win. Uh, but, you know, so be it. So, the nominees for Best Documentary Feature are uh, Free Solo, which is a 17 to 5 uh, favorite. And then RBG, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is at 18 to 5. Minding the Gap, which is the one that I've seen, which is a very good movie, it's at 4 to 1. Um, and then the other two nominees are Hale County, This Morning, This Evening, at 9 to 2. And Of Fathers and Sons at 9 to 2. It seems as though, just judging from the trend of the way that these go so far, is that the also-rans are apparently all have a four to four and a half to one likelihood to to win. Um, I guess because it's tighter, just because that's how shit works when you only have five nominees. Um, so people really, people who've seen Free Solo uh, are just like, oh my god, well, this is something else, you know. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has a significant enough uh, uh, fan base in, in, in the country that um, people really like the RBG documentary, uh, which, again, I've you know, not seen that one. Um, not, to make too fine, not to put too fine a point on it, a problem that I'm going to, but it is something that exists, and it has people that like it, and it is uh, definitely in this race. Because, I mean, when you look at... 17 to 5 is not that big an edge over 18 to 5. So this category, I am going to call a coin flip between Free Solo or RBG. I don't particularly have any idea, uh, you know, like how that's going to shake out. And I don't have like a take on which one should win or will win because the unknowability of other people, one of life's uh, great eternal uh, uh, states. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I thought Minding the Gap was really good. That's that's my last word in that category. Uh, so, next up is Best Animated Feature, which the odds have as a much closer race than Film Twitter does. Uh, not to invoke uh, the, uh, that shibboleth. Um, but uh, So the odds in this category are Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a 31 to 10 favorite or a 3 to 1. Uh, Incredibles 2 and Isle of Dogs are 4 to 1. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet is at 9 to 2. And Mirai is at 9 to 2. Um, this one, you know, in in reality is probably like closer to a toss up between Spider Man and Incredibles 2 than a lot of uh, internet fandom would have us believe, but I do think that it is likely that Spider-Man is going to win this just, not just anecdotally, but from, you know, if, uh, from uh, precursor wins and, you know, and all that stuff. So I'm going to uh, tepidly predict that the odds are correct and that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is going to win. Next category, Best Visual Effects. This one I got some shit to say about because uh, the favorite is Infinity. Uh, the favorite is Avengers: Infinity War, at eighty-two to twenty-five. 
which is just stupid odds. Like, just call it fucking three and a half to one. Stop being a, stop being a jag off. All right. Uh, and then second is first man, uh, nineteen to five. Ready Player One at four to one. Solo, a Star Wars story, nine to two. Christopher Robin, nine to two. Um, the Avengers thing being the best visual effects favorite is really fucking stupid because the visual effects in that movie were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. And it wasn't just like they were mediocre, they were middle of the road. They fucking sucked. There was a scene in that movie where Tom Holland as Spider-Man is like standing in his Spidey suit with his mask off. So... Like his, you know, his head is supposed to be over his shoulders because that's the way the human bodies work. Now, the effects in the scene, Tom Holland's head was floating around, like re just really moving around, and his body was staying in the same place. So apparently, his body was CG'd and his head was like, you know, just normal, you know, without, you know. And, it, like, I don't know how the hell this happened. Like, he was, like, what, wearing your green bodysuit against a green screen or some shit? And then they superimposed his uniform on uh, his, or his spotty costumes. Or uniform, I sound like fucking Rorschach and Watchmen. Uh, his costume was CGI'd on him, but they couldn't CGI it on his body. And you want to win an Oscar for Best Visual Effects, and you can't even, just, you know. I mean, you know... This isn't even, like, an anti-Marvel thing because, like, I mean, the Marvel movies tend to have, like, a baseline of competence that they tend to, you know, usually exceed with some grace. Um, I just don't understand if you have to, like, by, you know, just obligation have a Marvel movie in the best visual effects category and you don't have Black Panther with the war rhinos from Black Panther, because I know those weren't real rhinos, and they were awesome, so they are there for visual effects, and, like, what are you doing here? You're fucking up. Um, so, I mean, hopefully the odds are, are wrong on this one, because that would be, like, I would actually get kind of mad, even after all of my stuff about just like, oh, it's bullshit, it's always bullshit, you know? Prepare yourself against this. Like I, I like genuinely be a little bit pissed if the Avengers won this. Um, I didn't see First Man. Uh, is it, uh, because not because of anything is you know against Damien Chazelle you know, like Whiplash. Uh, but you know I mean I heard that the First Man was good and I heard him describe about how uh, describe how they did the effects in it and it's like well it sounds really cool you know it sounds like they had like some interesting uh you know techniques and you know i mean the, the shit in the trailers certainly look good you know um you know ready player one you can set on fire but i mean if it's gonna win anything it might as well be the visual effects because i mean it's i mean it's not nominated for its script <laughs> um and you know solo a star wars story like i was really like I have had this weirdly consistent um, record recently of really falling for these Disney Star Wars movies. I mean, my one quibble with with Solo was that like it would have been a really fun little space opera movie uh, if they like changed the character names and not had to pretend that 
you know, Alden Ehrenreich was Harrison Ford. Because, I mean, Alden Ehrenreich, is, he's, he's a good actor. He's a charming guy. Harrison Ford is a singularity, you know? And, you know, and, and it's just... He's somebody from a whole different era. And the whole thing about Han Solo is his inextricability from Harrison Ford's own like radioactive charisma and the fact that he's somebody from a different generation just that just carries itself in a whole other way uh and that you can't the getting a contemporary actor to embody that kind of thing would require like a fucking like moscow art theater acting process you know that just you know big budget hollywood movies don't have the wherewithal and capability and resources to and they don't have the time to put him in the kind of acting laboratory that would be necessarily to you know, necessary to get those same results. So, but anyway, I digress. I really did like Solo though, and I thought you know the effects are pretty good in it too. Um, so, I mean, if you're being I don't know cynical, pessimistic, what have you, you'll probably assume well Avengers will win because we're in Hell World. Uh, I, I'm reluctant to go that far. So even though this is likely completely wrong and it's like, you know, pie eyed fucking optimism, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict that first man wins this just because, I mean, I would rather be wrong, uh, than right in, in, in this category. Cause just that, I mean, you know. Even if the rest of the effects in Infinity War were really good, and that was just like one shot that out of nowhere, for whatever reason, they blew, still, you can't win an award for that. You know, it's like, okay, you did the rest of the job okay, you know, that's good for like a pat on the shoulder, and you know, it's like, go get him next time, you know, we all fuck up, but you don't win a fucking Oscar for that shit. So, put a pin in that one, and we'll move on to Best Sound Mixing. Uh, which is, uh, the first opportunity to discuss Bohemian Rhapsody. Hell, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody is the favorite in Best Sound Mixing at 18 to 5. Uh, followed by A Star is Born at 37 to 10. And 18 to 5 and 37 to 10 are pretty much the same odds. So, in effect, what the odds are saying is that this category is a toss-up between Bohemian Rhapsody and A Star is Born. Uh, the remainder of the nominees are First Man at four to one, and Black Panther and Roma at the customary last place nine to two. Um, so Black Panther and Roma are presumed to not have much of a shot in this, um, but First Man at four to one is pretty close to that, uh, like three and two thirds, three and three quarters to one uh, odds. Um, now, Bohemian Rhapsody is one of the great cinematic mysteries of the year. Um, it is an unqualified pile of shit that somehow grossed almost a fucking billion dollars worldwide. Uh, in spite of being self-evidently and objectively terrible. Uh, and I don't say that word lightly. It's like, oh, art is subjective. It's like, nah, there are like minimal craft standards that you have to fucking, you know. There are standards that do exist independently of an observer. Um, and, you know, just, and, you know, and the, 
yeah, the, the you know the rapist director with the you know predilection for uh, you know underage uh, underage boys like you know that doesn't have anything to do with his directing talent, but I mean it's also Brian Singer. You know the whole separating the art from the artist thing. Even if he didn't have to do that, it's been almost twenty five years since his last good movie. So you know, yeah, you know, it's you know maybe the Usual Suspects was his one, the one good one that he had in the well, and that you know because I mean nothing since. I mean you can you know the act, the first two X Men things, and split hairs about that shit. But no, I mean, and it's also. It's a movie that clearly somebody was asleep at the wheel for, you know, and uh, it was thrown together at the last minute. And the fact that it's even a, a movie at all is a testament to like post-production magic. But if you're going to talk about like the like, best sound mixing, you know, if it's going to be a, a two horse race between two movies, it should be A Star is Born and First Man where the sound mixing was actually good and they are actually actual movies uh you know so the 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 heart is gonna go with a star is born although you know we'll get back to this later probably but you know part of the a star is born meta narrative is the fact that every single time somebody remakes a star is born it's a big oscar favorite and then it gets fucked uh because you remember you know Judy Garland got screwed out of the Best Actress uh, Oscar for uh, the the Kukor, uh version with the you know with her and James and Mason. Um, I don't know doing there. Not giving the Oscar to Judy Garland for that. You know, there's some supernatural metaphysical explanation at play uh, because reality has failed us in that case, and thus we come to the proof of the Stars Born curse, uh, which it's unfortunate because. The, you know, the Kukor and the Cooper uh, are both pretty good. I mean, the Kukor is better, but I mean, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Um, so, and, and, and it's, the, you notice how good the sound mixing is in it, too. So that's, like, why, I mean, come on. It should, but, you know, again, it's the Oscars, and should doesn't really have anything to do with it. And, I mean, First Man is basically, like, maybe it's a little self-conscious, about wanting to be described as a technical masterwork. Because, um, I mean, you get the feeling that Damien Chazelle thinks about the extra textual narratives of his films a bit. And, you know, and I don't say this to knock a guy, because, I mean, I do this too. But, like, you know, he dreams about, like, what the poster quotes are going to look like in his films when they drop. Um, and you can tell with all the work that they put into A First Man that he really wanted to see one quote from somebody kind of big time saying... A technical masterpiece you know um so you know i don't know we're again getting a little te too deep into what should win um and i i would be good with either a star is born or first man winning this or i mean for fuck's sake i'd be okay black panther winning this too uh because <laughs> i mean the one thing that i would want to see that i'm not going to see but that i would like to see just for the just for the sheer hell of it is a black panther sweep just to it, it's a way to say fuck you to all the right people. Um, so, and I'm all for that. But uh, it's clearly, like, not really in the running for this one. So, uh, you know, Hope for a Star is Born First. Man, the Hell World pick is Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, so, that's enough of that. And then sound editing. 
Uh, first man is the favorite in this category at 18 to 5. Uh, a Quiet Place at 19 to 5, which, I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, and I also. Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll just forego saying anything about a quiet place. The less said the better. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Um The Bohemian Rhapsody and Black Panther are both at four to one and Roma at nine to two. So, I mean, like, I don't know if this is one of those things where it's like it's like, well, we have to show that we have some sort of uh, understanding that these are two different categories. So, you know, so the same movie isn't probably gonna take both of them. So, in this case, first man being the favorite is... And it ended 18 to 5, and Bohemian Rhapsody being 18 to 5 for sound mixing. The odds are that that is, uh, you know, to to stretch the phrase, the odds are uh, slightly. Um, because they're not interconnected. But, I mean, it is a uh, an, an auger... Uh, that that will be the split. Bohemian Rhapsody taking mixing and First Man taking sound editing. So in the technical categories, you can obsess over these and they'll drive you crazy because a lot of the people voting on these like don't understand the technical s- distinctions between them because as everybody, it, all the branches are voting for the, for these, I think. Um, so it's, I mean, the, the, the results don't tend to scale with what like they should be but yeah so i mean it that those two categories will be split and i see no reason to differ too far from the odds which are that it'll be their first man taking sound editing and stars born but i mean again none of these odds are definitive in predicting a wild front runner so you know anything is at play all right now Best song. This is one where uh, another one where I have a very strong opinion. Uh, the favorite is "Shallow" from *A Star Is Born*. It's a very good song. Number two, uh, "All the Stars" from *Black Panther*, uh, which I I, I lack the vocabulary because uh, with music I'm much more instinctive than I am technically adept. And I, I lack the technical vocabulary to express things in proper terms. But the melody of the chorus of All the Stars, the the, the SZA part, uh, is angelic. It's tight. Just, like, soaring perfect. Um, uh, and, I mean, I know there's more to a song than just the chorus, but, whoo, boy, that chorus. Um... Number three, the place where lost things go from Mary Poppins returns. Mm. I'll fight RBG. Yeah. And then when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings from the ballad of Buster Scruggs, which is another song that you know, in its technical merits, is really fabulous. Um, and that whole first chapter of Buster Scruggs with Tim Blake Nelson is just a psychopath going around killing, killing people and singing. It's just like, yeah, it's basically, <laughs> it's the American dream. Um, but yeah, this one is like there the 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 fact that the odds are only three to one that uh, Shallow is going to win best song is, I guess, uh, assuming that there's a huge groundswell for all the stars. Um, 
and it's it's rare that a song that with as much a popular support as uh, shallow that that there'd be this uh much of a, an uncertainty which is a sign of you know how good all the stars is and also i think that the uh the strength of the appeal of each respective song is appealing to not necessarily 100 percent overlap of listeners um uh because you know we all have different tastes in music but i mean this is this is a category where one of two very good songs is going to win and i i do think it's probably going to be shallow but i am part of me is rooting for all the stars because i mean i just if i had a couple hours and a couple drinks in me i could probably get to the heart of what's so beautiful about that chorus in all the stars but uh i'll just leave it at this at this juncture by saying that it is um so best song is probably going to be shallow uh now best score is between if beale street could talk black panther mary poppins returns black klansman and isle of dogs uh the latter three are all at nine to two signifying that this is basically a two horse race between if beale street could talk and black panther now i personally uh this still like just it, it gnaws at me that i still haven't been able to see if bill street could talk yet because i desperately desperately want to um it, the only place it ever opened around here it like i only found out that it opened like a couple days before it closed and it was at a theater where the projection is you know just really 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 terrible and i just like couldn't the thought of seeing something that I'm sure is so beautiful under such circumstances has had me kind of like, I mean, I get choice paralysis at the best of times. And this, you know, it's a production to get to the closest. The closest movie theater is not that close around here. Um, so I, I I have not seen if Bill Street could talk yet. And I, I'm going to at the first, like, actual opportunity um and black panther is the other uh favorite for best score and the odds are again like fairly close to each other if beale street could talk has a slight lead over it and i think that this is one of those instances where uh if beale street could talk got so few nominations comparatively that there's probably going to be enough people thinking you know it's a shame that this didn't get more nominations i'm gonna like really like put my vote you know where i can and so i think people voting for if beale street could talk as a movie overall uh may push this over the top over black panther and i i I would consider that to be the likeliest outcome uh much like the the odds apparently do um but at that same time the odds are close enough that the likelihood of a a, you know a black panther win um is not insignificant and should not be discounted now best production design which is weirdly not a runaway for roma um roma is in last with nine to two uh the the nominees here are the favorite at ten to three black panther 37 to 10 3.7 to 1 and roma mary poppins returns and first man all at nine to two uh now black panther was the production design of black panther was yeah stunning and it is you know a, a very worthy winner in this category 
uh, Roma with that attention to detail is, you know, something that it's kind of weird that it's not more of a more of a favorite in in the category. Uh, but the actual favorite, the favorite, um, is it resembles the type of movie that voters in this category are used to voting for for things like production design, which is why it's probably going to win. Although my heart here, as it is with most of the other categories in which it's nominated, is with Black Panther. I really like that movie, man. I mean, it's just a really fucking good pop movie. It's just really satisfactory on, like, like at pretty much all the levels that I care about. Um, I mean, the criticisms of some of its, uh, you know, politics, yes. You know, it's a little, you know... Uh, you know, there, there are some, there, there, there are, you know, nits to pick with, with Black Panther, but I mean, I personally, like, I mean, it's a Marvel movie that I saw three times. I mean, that's a, a, just, a, a that doesn't happen. Um, I mean, it, it just like, it clicked with me on all the levels that those movies are supposed to click with the people that they click with. So like, they finally found one for me and yeah, so but again, that's just like, you know, the emotional rooting aspect of this. The, you know, the part of me that, you know, uh, tries to figure out what is actually going to happen says, yeah, being the favorite. Yeah, because it's one of the, you know, it's, you know, it's not wholly the same as, uh, you know, is it does differ from uh, the, you know, the stereotypical costume drama in a lot of in, in key and very obvious ways. But. As far as just overall, just sort of like the baseline of it's like, yeah, this is a best production design kind of movie. Um, so, uh, that is best production design. Best makeup and hairstyling. I mean, fuck it. They're going to give this device for some reason. Uh, the other two nominees are Mary Queen of Scots and Border, but Vice is going to win that. Uh, Best film editing. Now, this is a fucking category. Jesus H. Christ. Um, best film editing. Vice at 17 to 5. Bohemian Rhapsody at 39 to 10. <laughs> uh, oh, the world. What a place. Uh, number three, Black Klansman at 4 to 1. Uh, the Favorite tied at 4 to 1. And Green Book at 9 to 2. Um, the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody is nominated for Best Editing is fucking hilarious. Um, because it's, it's not well edited. Uh, it's, it's badly, uh, edited. But it has a lot of editing. Uh, as, um, as, as a number of people pointed out, you know, if you, if you give it for most film editing, you know, because if more is better, then the movie with the most editing should be the best editing winner. Uh, and I mean, and Vice is just—I don't know, man. Like the the my favorite movie in this category is one that I didn't even really like all that much, which is Black Klansman. Um, and uh, there are so many other movies that should have like that. God damn it, man! There, there, like I could like. Uh, <laughs> I think I was I was writing a few months ago that there were something like twenty five movies that I could think of that are better editing than any of these, but you know. It's just not the point where that matters anymore. It's a matter of dealing with what you've got. And in that case, uh, uh, Vice, you know, 
the odds say the Vice is going to win this, but this is, I mean, this is one of the ones where you can be like, well, it's Hell World, so Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win. Because, like, and I think somebody, I forget who, was raising the possibility that um, the voters will take pity on John Ottman, who is, like, an editor who's done good work in the past, but that with this, like, he just had to make something out of what he was given. And this is again going to be an Oscar where the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody was recognizable as a movie is going to lead people to like heap praises on it because like, oh, what a difficult working circumstances. Oh, oh yeah. Well, if that deserves some, and it's like, again, man, that isn't the sort of shit that you win Oscars for. That's some shit that you buy the guy a drink for. And it's like, Hey man, Really hope you never have to go through that shit again. Because, I mean, that I'm on board for. Just like, you know, because nobody should have to deal with the kind of bullshit that Brian Singer inflicted upon them for that shit. But, like, again, I think, like, giving somebody an Oscar, cause it, you know, for, for their hurt feelings is like, eh, eh. <laughs> It's like, no. <laughs> All right. So, that'll close up film editing. God, that category fucking sucks this year. Um, but Okay, so that's closing up film editing. Uh, best costume design. Uh, we have The Favorite at 10 to 3. Uh, we have Black Panther at 18 to 5. And Mary Queen of Scots, Mary Poppins Returns, and Ballad of Buster Scruggs at 9 to 2. So, this, you know, two-horse race between The Favorite and Black Panther. And it's like, this is one of them things where it's like, how the hell are you supposed to judge one against the other? Yeah, they're completely two different, completely different movies with two like differing sets of standards on what constitutes best costume design. Because, you know, with the favorite is historical fiction and the goal with costume design there is on a certain level to historically, you know, replicate uh, the kind of costumes of people in the given historical period war. And, of course, there's a creative element to it, too, because it's not just strict. It, it, just the same as an actor playing a real person isn't just about the skill of impersonation. There has to be a certain, you know, verb, a certain zhuzh uh, to the, uh, the creative work done. And, you know, the favorite, you know, did a good job with that. You know, those, you know, it's like as far as best costume design for a movie of that sort, of that type did really good now black panther is a whole different matter entirely because it is entirely a work of fiction and you know very you know, speculative fiction uh as uh, science fiction used to be called and still is uh and still will be and then it's also incorporating the fact that it originates from comic books which is a visual style in and of itself as a medium that you know traditions forms within that medium need to be studied taken into account and then there is the element of it which is the pan-africanism of the the design of the movie incorporating you know for wakanda because wakanda is basically pan-african you know um and there are various different elements taken from different cultures around in uh, sub-saharan africa to incorporate wakanda and all of that, and the 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 process that they I mean, I read a little bit about it when the, the the movie came out, that I mean they really 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 worked hard to create a distinct aesthetic 
And I, you know, would say that they did a fantastic job of that. I mean, the movie looks fabulous. I mean, especially in terms of the design elements in the movie, like the, uh, the, the physic, the physical, um, structures and artworks and design in world all look pretty cool. So, I mean, again, this is one of the things where it's like, it's like you're comparing, you know, and, you know, two entirely discrete processes for two entirely different ends. So judging which one of them is better is impossible. Uh, judging which one will win is a matter of thinking about, well, the favorite is historical fiction. Historical fiction cleans up in these categories. So it's going to be the favorite. But I would say that the odds, the Black Panther's odds being as high as they are, if these odds do indeed scale with reality and with the thoughts of people going into the, this decision, that it's a good sign that people are taking the achievement that Black Panther was in this sense seriously um so at least there is that now next category is best cinematography uh which here is roma is the favorite at 31 to 10 3.1 to 1 the favorite and cold war are both four to one a star is born and never look away are nine to two now, it's a virtual certainty that Alfonso Cuaron is going to win this. Um, working for the first time in a while uh, without Emmanuel Lebeski, uh, his uh, stalwart collaborator on some of his uh, recent modern classics. And, I mean, I don't know. It's black and white. Looks pretty good. Good job. Congratulations on the Oscar, Alfonso. Uh... Best Original Screenplay, a controversial category. Um, uh, the uh, Right now, uh, the favorite is the favorite at 82 to 25, which is like something to, you know, whatever, 82. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's, you know, the, the, the heavy favorite. And then Green Book, 19 to 5. Those are actually, I mean, okay, yeah. So now that uh, my, my shitty math, Green Book at 19 to 5 is very close to what 82 and 25 um, shakes up to. Uh, so it's a toss up here. I mean, sentimentally, of course, got to go with the favorite. Uh, got to go against Green Book. Uh, we don't want, um, you know, I have a black friend, the motion picture to 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 get, you know, too many hazanas in 2019. Um, too many people I know got so fucking mad at that movie for me to really countenance it. Um, and then Roma, First Reformed, and Vice. I mean, the shame of First Reformed is that, you know, Paul Schrader is a fan, just like a really marvelous screenwriter he's written a lot of great movies he's directed almost as many uh great movies 
Um, he is a he's a difficult figure. He's a prickly figure. Uh, he is problematic. Um, but that's what makes him interesting, really, is the fact. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to uh, to step on the piece that I'm writing about it for this year's uh, Muriel's Awards. Uh, but I'm writing a short piece about the screenplay of First Reformed. So anybody who's interested can tune back into that in a couple weeks. Um, but I will suffice to say here that it deserves better than to be bringing up the rear with Vice, which is a very, very, very bad script. Um, and I mean, it's, again, to reiterate, it's, this category is one in which just as a sentimental favorite, I am hoping that the favorite wins, uh, because I'm hoping that Green Book does not. And... That is all I really got to say about that. Now, Best Adapted Screenplay. This is a much more interesting one. Because uh, we have uh, Black Klansman at 31 to 10. Which, as it stands, is Spike Lee's most statistically probable chance to win his first competitive Oscar. And I think his first Oscar competitive or non-competitive. So, in that sense, it's, you know, that's something that should happen. It's something that should have happened 30 years ago, but, you know, I digress. Uh, but then the rest of the, the the category is If Beale Street Could Talk, a 4-1, to one, Barry. Uh, and, I mean, Barry doing James Baldwin. I mean, come on, man. Uh, and again, fuck, I need to see that fucking thing. I want to so badly. Um... Can you ever forgive me at four to one? Another, you know, movie which got mostly, you know, it's like it's another one that I haven't seen, but it's one that I that I do want to. And the fact that you know it's got Richard Grant so close to you know winning an Oscar is you know a, a worthy project just for that alone. But um, you know, far out. Um, and then a star is born in the Ballad of Buster Scruggs at nine to two. This is. Probably so far the best lineup of five movies on the average that that there have been in any of these categories so far. Um, and, you know, if these odds are to be believed, I mean, Black Klansman is probably going to win. Now, I mean, Black Klansman was... It was a movie that was frustrating to watch from uh like a strictly craft perspective because it was doing so many interesting things and yet weirdly like lumpy in terms of executing the the interesting things that it was uh, trying to bite off um <clears throat> i th and it's weirdly one of those movies that watching it was frustrating and yet it's cohered more afterwards in hindsight you know watching it was frustrating having watched it was 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 a lot better and you know and this is a case where i'm going to freely admit that i'm torn between like the actual qualities of the movie itself and the fact that i'm just like academy award winner spike lee just is one of those phrases that should exist uh non-hypothetically you know um, I mean, you know, if we're going to go into the whole history of it, the fact that Spike didn't win Best Director in 1992 for Malcolm X is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, they were like, oh, Unforgiven was good. It's like, Unforgiven was good. It was not as good as Malcolm X. Just give me a fucking break. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, look, you know, Spike wins, great. If Barry Jenkins wins, great. Um, you know, they're, 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 that's one category that's like, it, it, it's going to shake out okay. <clears throat> so now we come to Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Mahershala Ali is at 31 to 10, 3.1 to 1. Richard Grant at 39 to 10, 3.9 to 1. It looks like his odds are slipping slightly. Uh, Sam Elliott for A Star is Born, down to 4 to 1. Academy Award nominee Sam Elliott. Again, it's one of those sentences. It just sounds good. And then Adam Driver for Black Klansman and Sam Rockwell for Viser at 9 to 2. Now, you know, Sam Rockwell already won. Adam Driver's going to win at some point. Um, so it's like kind of, it's, it's okay that they're out of the running. Um, and Marshall already won uh, for uh, for Moonlight. You know, and again, this is one where it's like, you know, fuck Green Book, but if somebody's going to win for it, it should be Marshall. Um, but, you know, Richard E. Grant, Sam Elliott, I mean, you know, it's like those guys are legends. You know, it's like if either of them wins, it would be so nice. Um, I mean, it, you know, it really does look like it's going to be Marshall. But, I mean, look, let's just be clear. That is not a negative outcome, no matter how bad the movie was, because he's fucking awesome. Um, and really, you know, just like, to dwell on that point for another second a lot of times with this it's you know it's not really about especially with the acting categories it's not about what the movie is it's about you know what effect it's going to have on the actor's career and so if somebody who you're a fan of somebody who's a good actor is really putting in the work you know does you know like really good work on a solid basis is always somebody who's like oh wow they're in it cool you know i'll see it it's nice when one of those people wins an Oscar. It doesn't really matter what the movie's for, you know, because because then you get into the debates, you know, like all the time about just like, well, you know, Pacino winning in '92 screwed Denzel. You know, you get uh, Art Carney winning in '74 screwed Al Pacino. <clears throat> you know, you go back decades with this stuff. It turns into just like long simmering resentments and shit, and it's like. The fact that, you know, the Oscars are given out for, you know, political reasons rather than aesthetic reasons, it just, it can drive you crazy if you invest too much in it. So, I'm just choosing to take that as, hey, Marshall is going to win again. You know, and then he'll be two-time Oscar winner. You know? Cool. So, Best Supporting Actress. Now, this is one where it's like, I'm, I'm deeply, deeply invested in this because... Even though, as I've said, or I've said in a couple of occasions, I haven't seen if Beale Street could talk. Regina King is the 16 to 5 favorite. She needs to win an Oscar. Uh, I'm just like, I I fucking need Regina King to win this one. Sight unseen. I don't care. If it's a career lifetime achievement award, so be it. If it's for actual good work done in the movie, I'll find that out in a couple months when I'm, absolute, uh, when I'm finally able to. Uh, but it's absolutely positively 100% has to be Regina King. And I'm going to be making very loud noises either way when this award is announced on Sunday. And just for uh, the sake of not slighting, uh, you know, anybody, because the other four nominees are all, you know, you know, stalwarts in their own right. Uh, Rachel Vice for the favorite at four to one. Amy Adams for Vice at four to one. Well, you know, she Amy Adams. And Marina de Tavira for Roma and Emma Stone for the favorite are at 92. Um, good category, but it's Regina King. End of story. Uh, I, I Don't at me, as it were. Um, 
Aha, best actor. Oh, what a lovely category. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so best actor, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, 16 to 5. Christian Bale, Vice, 19 to 5. Bradley Cooper for Stars Born, 9 to 2. Viggo Mortensen, Green Book, 9 to 2. Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate, 9 to 2. Uh, now here is the one where I'm going to state pretty definitively that the odds notwithstanding, I don't think Rami Malek is going to win this, uh, just for, um, reasons that don't really have anything to do with quality of the work or his own talent as an actor or his own potential as an actor. Um, I think he's a few years older than I keep on wanting to think he is but he's still just breaking into like the kind of you know leading man status uh that when best actor there tends to be this like sort of you know like uh sense in which best actor there's a certain you know like extra little something conveyed on it by the people who are voting for it like it's it's an important award they think so you know it's rare that somebody who's a relative newcomer takes it and also i really think that you know a lot of the um sort of you know kind of waves of criticism of bohemian rhapsody happened after the people who voted on a whole lot of the guild awards and stuff you know pushed it to all of those kind of surprising wins um that i think the voting period for the oscars uh coincided with a period in which nearly every single public thing that was said about Bohemian Rhapsody by somebody who wasn't, you know, like some crazed fan with 45 followers on Twitter um, was entirely negative. And Vice is the kind of movie where it's a little more recognizable as the type of movie that, you know, the Oscars give awards to. Like it's, uh, you know, it's about a relatively recent history that is based on a true story. Um, there is, you know, socio-political import invested in it, and Christian Bale did the whole physical transformation thing as Dick Cheney, and the fact that everybody knows who Dick Cheney is, uh, we're all the worst for it, but, you know, uh, so be it. <clears throat> it's not Bale's fault. Um, I think, I think Bale takes this. Uh, and, and it's, you know, I mean, I like Rami Malek just fine. Um... But, I mean, not for... That that performance is... Whatever the fuck that was, it wasn't Freddie Mercury <laughs> in that movie. It's That has to be the worst movie to ever make that much money. Like, of all time in history. Because, I mean, even the other things that have made a shitload of money and have been bad, they've at least, like, haven't been a direct personal insult to millions of people. Um... So anyway, that's that. I I call Bale in defiance of probability. Um Best Actress. Uh which is there's gonna be, you know, any this is one of those rare categories where like it, any of the five people winning would be good. Um Glenn Close is the favorite at thirty one to ten. Uh three three point one to one. Um you know, I mean, Glenn Close winning an Oscar, you can't argue with it. It's She's Glenn Close. The fact that she doesn't have an Oscar is absurd. So, they, there's that. Olivia Coleman at 39 to 10, is the second most likely to win. And, 
you know, anybody who saw The Favorite, it's, I mean, you know, the category fraud thing with The Favorite is a whole other question entirely. But um, strictly speaking, in terms of, you know, any any of the three, uh, of you know, uh, Emma Stone, Rachel Weiss, or Olivia Coleman, you know, you make a rock solid argument for any of the three of them winning their respective awards. Um, Olivia Coleman's fucking great. Uh, she's somebody who's finally getting the name recognition that she deserves. Her winning would be not only recognition of great work, but you know, a triumph of an underdog. Lady Gaga, four to one. Formerly, like not that long ago, people were talking about she was a deadlock and that she slipped a little bit as a star is born has collectively slipped in the in the odds. You know, Gaga winning an Oscar for Star is Born is not a problem. You know, like it's it's the opposite. You know, I mean she's you know, it's like it's just like it's just really good work. You know, like what the fuck can you say? You know, it's like just you know. And then Elisa Aparicio for Roma at nine to two is another I mean, you want to talk about an underdog, I mean shit. You know, it's like uh I mean just that whole her whole story and again you know it's like even if like i may not have been the biggest you know uh you know the most moved by roma um it's still you know it's still like you know the the work is undeniable and i mean just like what she did just the you know is it's a it's a type of acting that doesn't get enough acclaim so her winning an oscar for that type of performance would be good for like you know just promoting not just you know like acting by diverse people but acting in diverse styles you know so it's you know uh, you know double win in, in in that sense but i mean just like there isn't a lot of stylistic diversity represented in oscar wins it tends to be you know you either go like full method playing somebody who's totally fucking miserable or you do a reasonably passable uh like imitation of a real person and you know and those are the two kinds of acting that you win uh, you know oscars most often for um which is you know it's kind of dumb and you should there should be like a broader recognition of what acting is and then melissa mccarthy for can you ever forgive me i mean melissa mccarthy winning an oscar would be a good thing in a different way um so i mean it's like it's you know that category it's like there's no there's no good guys and bad guys there's just there there are five protagonists there are, there are no antagonists um so i mean like yeah and and I, you know and as has been implied the whole time like i'm not making a pick you can go with any of these five um but if you want the you know the no fun uh rational likelihood it's definitely you know Glenn Close has like pole position on on the rest of them. Uh, best director. Now the next two categories are sort of my theory about who's going to win what is linked here. So I'm not going to make the pick now, but I will list off the the odds and uh, for each nominee. Alfonso Cuarón is the 31 to 10. Spike Lee is a 39 to 10. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, Adam McKay, and Pavel Pavlikowski are all nine to two for the favorite Vice and Cold War. Um, so I'm just gonna leave with this teaser. I think Spike's gonna win. All right. 
So now, best picture is, and I'll, I will come back to that in a minute. Best picture is Roma at four to one is the favorite. Green Book eleven to two, Black Klansman seven to one, the favorite seven to one, A Star Is Born eight to one, Black Panther eight to one, Vice nineteen to two, Bohemian Rhapsody nineteen to two. So, at least Vegas doesn't think that the insanity is going to continue and the Bohemian Rhapsody is going to be best picture, which I mean. That would be some hell world shit. But they've got Roma at number one. And I do think that Roma is is going to win because the anti, you know, th there's a lot more staunch support for Green Book among like the older Oscar voting type of people who just cannot process somehow that Green Book is racist. Um, because they're just like, how could it possibly be racist? It's against racism. It's about, so how he has a black friend. How could he have a black friend if he's racist? <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like the, is the, the fits that, that some people, have, you know, just like is the foaming at the mouth and speaking in tongues whenever you criticize Green Book. Um, and, and but I, while it, it hasn't had as big of a negative impact as the, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody antipathy. I do think that it's going to tip it to Roma. Now, with the best, and now getting back to the best director thing for a second, is that, you know, with Alfonso Cuaron being a favorite for best director and Roma being a favorite for best picture, these. Th there was a period a while back when it was like, you know, it's basically they were pegged. Like, if you won best director, you the odds on favorite to win best director. And then that stopped happening a while ago because I think voters wanted to like recognize another movie. Like they'd be like, well, you know, like the other year with, um, uh, with Moonlight and La La Land, they did the thing where it was like, okay, well, Moonlight's the best picture, you know, which eventually was revealed after all of that hubbub. Um, but, we want to shout out Chazelle for what he did with La La Land. And, you know, and so that was the split. And I don't remember, what was it? Um, last year. Give me one second here. Because I don't remember. And I'm not editing this out just to, because I don't want to hide my my flaws here. I'm not claiming to have information completely and totally at... Oh, fuck. Well, that spoils that whole thing because Guillermo del Toro did win Best Picture last year. He did. Yes. Okay, so the split theory um, about how it was a trend is uh, bullshit, as uh, might have uh, uh, possibly uh, guessed from the very jump of that. Um, but for some reason, you know, in spite of it, not, you know, in, in spite of the fact that it could very well give both Delfonso Coron, like, I just, I think that because people are finally like, holy shit, we finally have a chance to give Spike Lee an Oscar. Anybody who's thinking that is going to be like, well, let's do the Roma Black Klansman split then. Because, you know, yeah, why don't we, you know, give it to Sp uh, give Spike Best Director and because Coran's already one best director, you know, it's like, you know, let, let him take, you know, best picture and the other ones that he's going to win. So that is a, a scenario that has a non-zero chance of, uh, of occurring. 
But I still, um, you know, because one of the reasons why I like to do Oscar predictions every year is because I love being proved wrong, apparently, because I make Oscar predictions every year and they're always fucking horrible. Um, like, I am so bad at this and yet I keep doing it every year. And eh, maybe I'm masochistic. Um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Spike for best director and, and Roma for best picture. Uh, and, you know, and I think that if, you know, tally up all the things that, you know, that I've picked or all the things that Vegas things are, thinks are most likely this year, um, a lot of the nightmare scenarios that people have had for the Oscars, most of which involve Bohemian Rhapsody winning anything, um, most of those nightmare scenarios are not going to manifest, I think. And that ultimately, people are going to come away from this year's Oscars feeling a little empty and a little like, well, that was kind of boring. Because, I mean, unfortunately, the pool of nominees, there are some like, you know, there's some, you know, fine people nominated uh but so many of them are being nominated for kind of ho-hum work so it's sort of like you have to be a fan of the person to really get a whole lot out of the win um yeah i mean i think that like in the end like we're probably all going to come out of it being like yeah really all of that for this um and that's not the most upbeat note to end on but i mean what do you want me to do lie you know like I just i just think that that's that's gonna be so hopefully i'm wrong about the empty kind of kind of bleh feeling at the end of all of this but i mean because i'll always as it is like going into a movie i want every movie to be good i want every oscars to be good too um doesn't always shake out that way but here's hoping that it does and uh so until the next time uh whenever the hell that may be that i feel moved to to podcast i will sign off there and i'll uh, thank you for listening to minor bows uh you can subscribe on itunes and stitcher and uh yeah i think itunes and stitcher are the places where you can subscribe to this give give the podcast a good rating where, where whenever you uh subscribe um and you can uh if you like what you've heard uh you can go to uh my patreon at patreon.com slash danny bows d-a-n-n-y-b-o-w-e-s and uh donate um is this is uh the the, the the sign hopefully of more frequent podcasting so that patreon money would not just be like tossing a penny in a well there will be actual uh, fruit born of it um and yeah i guess that's it uh enjoy the oscars enjoy other aspects of life and hopefully i'll speak to you again soon <laughs>